Merry Christmas. It's the Christmas edition of Soul Ramblings Podcast. I'm Jerry Wicker. And today for our Christmas special, we have a special Christmas message from Luke chapter 2. We're going to read all 20 verses. And the title of today's message is Prepare Him Room. We'll head over to the sanctuary at Manatee Life Church in Bradenton, Florida, here in just a couple of minutes. And I had someone recently ask me, what was more stressful to prepare for, Christmas or Easter? I don't have a clear answer for that question, but Christmas always feels different. It's the one time of the year that the world seems to turn to the church ready to hear a word of good news. We're that way as well. As another year comes to a close, it's impossible to sum up all that we have each been through. The joys and pains, highlights and low moments, the celebrations and successes along with the disappointments or failures, they all have a way of tossing us around and sometimes distracting us from the most important truths in our lives. For me, Christmas is a time to return to my center, to come back to a story of God who is with me in Jesus, who is walking alongside me and who will never forsake me. Christmas is a time to remember that we should not give up hope because Christ can do unexpected and miraculous work in our life. It is a time to look at what we have taken for granted, that relationships are more important than accomplishments, that goodwill still exists, that there are blessings that we sometimes don't see, and that God has been incredibly faithful. And as we come to the close of another year, I invite you to not overlook the story of Christmas and the good news that it contains for us. And with that, let's head over to the sanctuary for today's message, Prepare Him Room. Our scripture lesson for the morning, familiar passage this time of year, Luke chapter 2, hear the word of the Lord. In those days, a decree went out from Emperor Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration and was taken while Quirinius was governor of Syria. All went to their towns to be registered. Joseph also went from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to the city of David called Bethlehem, because he was descended from the house and family of David. He went to be registered with Mary, to whom he was engaged and who was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for her to deliver her child, and she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in bands of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. In that region, there were shepherds living in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. Then an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for see, I am bringing you good news of great joy for all the people. To you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find a child wrapped in bands of cloth and lying in a manger, and suddenly There was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace among those whom he favors. When the angels 
had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go now to Bethlehem and see this thing that has taken place, which the Lord has made known to us. So they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the child lying in the manger. When they saw this, they made known what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured all these words and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. The word of God for the people of God. Good and gracious God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of these, our hearts, be pleasing and acceptable to you. O Lord, our rock, our strength, and our redeemer. Amen. The Christmas story. Familiar passage, those 20 verses. And the thing that strikes me every year when we read that in worship is the way that God works. God works in just these beautiful, but yet humble and unobtrusive ways. I mean, God doesn't force his way into the world. He doesn't force his way into our hearts either. And the humble surroundings of Jesus' birth. His parents, they're, they're mere peasants. They go unnoticed by all of these people that are going for the census and heading to their places, heading to their homelands. And notice that just as the world really didn't pay much attention, didn't have much interest in what was happening, there wasn't any room for them at that inn or guest room. There was no room. Before he was born, Jesus was basically told, there's no room for you here. This week, I was listening to some Christmas music in my car as I was traveling around on the radio, and Joy to the World came on. And it's one of my favorite, favorite songs this time of year. And I had what some may refer to as a kind of a Christmas or not a Christmas, but a God experience, maybe a Christmas experience, but a God experience. As I'm singing along with the lyrics, and, and Pastor Jim has made it quite clear that I don't sing well, but the steering wheel thinks I sing well, so that's, <laughs> yeah. I think even the steering wheel was revolting against the sound of my voice. But at any rate, I was singing along, and then the phrase, let every heart prepare him room. And I stopped in my tracks right there. Not my car, but I just stopped and went, let every heart prepare him room. There's no room for you here, Jesus, at the end. Mary, Joseph, no room. Let every heart prepare him room. And I thought, maybe I need to prepare more room in my heart for Jesus. Oh, I'm critical of when I read this story, and I, I think, 
there's a woman pregnant about to give birth. They're desperate. They're in desperate circumstances. And there's no room. There's no room. How dare they? There's no room. But then, how many times in my life and in my heart have I said, oh, yes, Jesus, I believe in you. I respect you. But, oh, no, no, there, there's no room here. It's already taken up. There's no room. Things I've left undone. Things that take space in my heart where he gets squeezed out or I tried to ignore him. Worldly things I waste my time on. Things I allow into my mind and my heart in my life and I thought about how I want to learn to love more love God love others and I thought why don't I give Jesus more room in my heart more room in my life more of my time why do I allow myself to miss out on so much just because I'm unwilling to give Jesus all the room rather than maybe just a little bit here and there our own Sunday morning. Maybe once a month on Saturday, come to the men's breakfast. That's enough. That's enough. Or so I think. I miss out on so much just because I'm unwilling to give Jesus all my heart rather than maybe just a little bit here and there. I mean, Pastor Jim talked about some of the terrible things going on in the world during our prayer time. Violence. Turn on, turn on the TV this afternoon. Don't even watch an entire newscast. Watch about 10, 15 minutes of it. You'll see violence every day. Every day. It's taking the place, not just taking place on the other side of the world, it's taking place in Bradenton, Florida. Distractions, material things, stress, work. Sometimes there's just not enough room left for Jesus in our hearts. Sometimes we even forget he's there. And yet, Jesus is not only the answer to my problems and to your problems, but to the world's problems. He is the answer. If, if we would just make more room for Jesus, how much more good would we be able to get done? If only I were to allow Jesus to have more of my heart, more of my will, more of my life, more of my time, how much more could I achieve for this church, this community, for my family, and for the world? How much less pain would I have to bear on my own? How much less stress and unhappiness would I feel? I want life. I want to live it to the full. You do too, right? I want to love God and love neighbor. Not just some of the time or when it's easy or convenient. I want to love all the time with all my heart, mind, soul, and strength. With my entire being. How about you? Do you want that as well? The mother and father of our Lord were pushed out. They were rejected. 
There's no room for you here. Even before he was born, our Lord was turned away. The words, no room for you, actually followed him through his entire life. It seems there's, there was just no room for him anywhere. It's the same in the lives of so many of us today. Jesus keeps getting crowded out with all the festivities and all the busyness. He's often just an afterthought. Instead of a place of honor at this time of year, Christ is often shoved into the corner. Oh, we'll come to Christmas Eve service. Maybe, maybe Christmas morning. Maybe. The amazing and beautiful thing, the ironic thing, is that this same child who was told there's no room for you here is the one that came to make room for us. When we celebrate communion, what do we say? Christ invites just Jim and me to the table. You're, you're not what? No. What do we say? All. Everyone. Regardless. All. He came to make room for you and for me. Even though time and again, we've all told the Son of God, we simply have no room for you, Jesus continues to tell us, I love you and I have more than enough room for you. He is the father in the story of the prodigal son. And we are, of course, that wayward child he's waiting for to come home. We are his treasure hidden in a field and the pearl of great price. The lost sheep, the lost coin, which when God finds us, he throws a great big party. He throws a great big party. And that's how God loves you and God loves me. And because of that, because of that amazing, amazing love, I want to love him back and I want to love those he loves. I want to love people like you. And people like the folks down the street, and the homeless veteran, the homeless man or woman on the corner at the intersection, that lost wayward teenager, that angry gang member, you name it. I want to love them all because that is living. That is really living. That is making room for Jesus in our hearts. A couple of minutes ago, during the offering, we sang the song, In the Bleak Midwinter. And I had asked Ray for the choir to sing that because the author of that hymn was a follower of Christ who for many years volunteered at a shelter for women who were coming out of a life of prostitution. Some of the women, some of the females were mere children, 12 years old. In the bleak midwinter pictures a Savior who enters a world of suffering and brokenness. And in light of Christ's great power and love, the writer asks this question, and we sang this verse. What can I give him, poor as I am? 
This question weighed heavily on the women struggling to come out of a life of prostitution. With their broken lives, what could they possibly give to Jesus? What could they possibly give to him? According to the hymn, there is one thing that all of us can give Jesus, no matter who we are. The author of the song wrote, If I were a shepherd, I would bring a lamb. If I were a wise man, I would do my part. What can I give him? Give my heart. That is the one thing Jesus wants, my friends. Our hearts. That is what saves us. That is what bridges this this gulf between us and God. That is what gives us life and life to the full. And that is what gives us the ability to love unconditionally. The love we have is not, should not be, transactional. It's unconditional love. We're told that when the time came for Jesus to be born, Mary wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no room in the inn. I ask you this question, what, if anything, is crowding up our lives so that we don't have room for Jesus? Is there anything more important than Jesus? Is there anything more important than learning to love God and our neighbor as ourselves? Christmas is not, although I do love the beautiful cards, Christmas is not a beautiful card with cattle lowing and snow softly flowing, the sweet baby Jesus all clean and and dressed in royal clothes. No, Christmas is reality. Christmas is reality. When it came time for Jesus to be born, the world had no room for him. He was unwanted. He was homeless. But to all who received him, to all who believed, like those tired old shepherds, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision, or a mother and father's will. No. Born of God. Hallelujah. Amen. Let's pray. We declare our awe of you and our love for you, Lord Jesus. Open the eyes of our hearts to behold even more of your beauty. Expand the chambers of our hearts to make even more room for your grace and your glory. Free us to be generous and joyful. Amen. Until we meet again as we leave this place, remember that Mary treasured all these words and pondered them in her heart. Would you do that this week? And then do as the shepherds when they return. As we leave here and we return to our homes and our workplaces, 
and our spheres of influence. Like those shepherds, glorify and praise God for all you have heard and seen. Amen? Amen. Go in peace. Our Christmas message, Prepare Him Room. I hope that you'll make time for worship this Christmas day and also realize there are others in our lives that need to hear the good news this Christmas. Don't overlook the power of an invitation and how that can have a massive, massive impact. Invite someone to join you for worship. If not today, in the weeks coming up, make that a, if you will, a new year resolution. And speaking of new year, this is the final episode of Soul Ramblings podcast for the year 2022. We're going to take the next couple of weeks off. We'll be back the second week of January. Uh, Specifically, the new episode, the first episode of 2023 will drop on January 11th. In the meantime, hope you have a Merry Christmas and a very Happy New Year from all of us here at Soul Ramblings Podcast. And until the new year, remember, wherever you're listening today to this episode, go ahead and click subscribe. That way, when January 11th rolls around, you'll get notified and you won't miss any of the episodes in the new year of the podcast. I want to thank you for the gift and privilege of your time, not only today, but throughout this whole year, and look forward to more coming in the new year. And a last piece of advice for you in 2022, if you believe in goodness and if you value the approval of God, fix your minds on whatever is true and honorable and just and pure and lovely and praiseworthy. I'm Jerry Wicker. See you in 2023. Grace and peace. Peace.